Okay, looks like we're successful. Yay. All right. And we're on episode 76 of our Kuden podcast. And uh, let me just lead off by saying, back in my day, right, that was an homage to my grandfather. <laughs> uh, I can't finish that without going, ah, shit. Uh, I'll explain that in just a minute. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, whew, man, I'm in my uh, temporary home office here still because they're uh, still putzing around with getting our house back in order uh, post-fire, which was way back in March. But, again, we're going to be out and doing temporary things for uh, another 9 to 12 months. Anyway, uh, we had a huge storm yesterday. Huge, huge storm uh, last night, thunderstorm. And um, while the water is mostly gone now, um, my basement office was uh, flooded. So uh, it's a little bit humid in here, but I need to block out the rest of the, the family and all that so that uh, uh, sound and everything is working just fine. Anyway, uh, so here we are, episode 76. And um, <clears throat> I promised to do a little homage or homage to my grandfather uh, and kind of start off as a lead-in to stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, if you've been following along with things, last episode, if you remember, I, I just kept churning my brain trying to remember this one thing that I wanted to say, which um, uh, still had a whole bunch of quotes uh, from teachers and, and whatnot, like, uh, you know, uh, if you screw this stuff up, you better your family better look good in black, those kind of things. So they were the real, uh, you know, ball buster, kicking the nuts kind of things that teachers would remind me that, um, you know, you have your own uh, your own ideas and philosophy and all that, but um, <clears throat> it better work, right? It better back. Uh, you better be able to back it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> just hit me the other day, um, and I did send it out. I, I kind of typed it out on on Facebook and a couple other places. Um, to kind of fill in the uh, the missing piece, right? That um, which is really what I wanted to say, right? It was that primary lesson. It was one of those really, really important things um, that I learned when I was a police officer. Um, I'm trying to set things up here at the same time, trying to multitask. Um, but I learned as a police officer, uh, and, and and I was a military policeman with the army and and all that kind of stuff, right? So while a lot of people would think that, you know, the primary thing would be like, you know, contrary to most cops, everybody that I arrested was a trained killer uh, or, you know, those kind of things. Right. Um, or how much alcohol a GI could put away. Um, but that wasn't it. Right. Um, and I, I was, as a matter of fact, uh, a bunch of years ago, I had been talking with one of my teachers, uh, Shoshi Bud Malmstrom, who at the time, I don't know if he's still doing that or not, but at the time, he was an auxiliary police officer with the Atlanta Police Department. Uh, he was also one of their uh, self-defense training uh, guys as well. But he did some auxiliary uh, police work, which means he was like part-time police officer. And uh, we both agreed that, you know, when we roll up on a scene, traffic accident, 
homicide, whatever. You know, before we go looking at somebody's wallet or purse or whatever, trying to find ID, the one thing that really stands out that is important for all of us to remember, okay, getting getting all that ego shit out of the way, right, and never forgetting that in the end, right, no matter how wealthy we are, no matter how happy, sad, pissy, no matter what our our occupation or job is, lawyer, laborer, anything in between, uh, whatever, right? No matter how much we think we've got our shit together, how perfect we think we are, whatever. Uh, the big thing that really stood out to me, to both of us, was that y'all look the same when you're dead. Okay. And I don't have any facts about it for me yet, but I'm sure the same is going to be true about myself. Okay. So, um, we need to make sure that that we stay humble. We keep these things in mind, right? And we really do our best to overcome ego's need to be God. And I know that, you know, as soon as I call people on that, right, uh, about, uh, you know, in reference to the way they're talking or they're acting or they're presenting themselves or whatever, um, you know, that they want to argue the point that, I, oh, I never said I was God. Uh, no, but... The judgment, the, the judgmental attitude, the the way that we're condemning other people, the way that we gauge what everybody else is doing is wrong. You know, if it's not the same thing that uh, we're doing or the same way we're doing it or whatever. Right. Or especially here, this is like critical for self-defense. Um, when we instead of doing the hard work, instead of doing the research and the study and putting in the, the hours, right? Not just with physical training, right? But really, really trying to figure out, no matter how much you know, what are you missing? Okay? Because it can be the smallest thing that jacks you, that, um, that, that you never think of, right? And that's, that's one of the purposes of a teacher, right? Whether you live locally and you can go to an academy or a dojo or whatever, right? Um, or, you know, it's long distance, right? One of the jobs of a teacher is to to expose you to things that you didn't know you should be paying attention to, right? It's important stuff, right? So uh, <laughs> um, we need to we need to keep ego in check so that we're not our own worst enemy, but we don't know it, right? Uh, and we keep things like that in mind, like you know. When, when we're dead and we can't do anything else about what people think of us, what people say about us, right? Uh, best quote I heard in the past week, right? Um, the key to immortality is living a life worth remembering. Okay, Not for you, right? Once you're dead, I mean, I, I have my own beliefs about what's going to happen and how and where and all that kind of stuff, but um, uh Immortality is how we live on in the memories of others and how our actions and lessons and presence and all that influence the way they act and the way they think and the way they make decisions, right? And how they might pass that on to their prodigy, to their kids, to their grandkids, to their nieces, nephews, friends, kids, whatever, right? Um, so uh, in, the, in the words of my, my Miko teacher, I remember... Um, so the first time I met him, I think so. 
first time I met him, uh, he was actually doing a seminar for uh, one of my teachers at the time, Stephen Hayes. And um, uh, this whole weekend seminar, right? And, you know, so he, he comes in and I kind of borrowed this, right? Uh, <clears throat> he comes in with this, this, we would call it a Joe, right? This three quarter staff kind of thing. It's a walking staff for pilgrimages uh, that is often done in a lot of uh, Buddhist sects and, and things like that, right? Sects, S E C T S, not what you other dirty minded people are thinking that I just said. Anyway, um, and so it's this, he's got this, uh, this, this walking staff, right? Um, and hanging off of it, right? It's just this little Halloween favor kind of thing, right? It's just rubber skeleton. Right. Um, just hanging off of a string. He just he found it somewhere and he attached it to it. Right. And um, he was kind of given this little lesson about this. Right. Uh, kind of in story form. Right. Uh, and um, uh, this actually relates to things that are in, in some Buddhist temples as well. Right. Uh, they have um, in a lot of them, they have these walking paths for walking meditation. Right. And in a lot of these uh, temples, the path dead ends, right? It's it's not like this circuit that brings you back where you started, right? It literally dead ends, and it dead ends at a hut, like a, you know, looks like someone looked like an outhouse, right? For those of you who know what that is, right? Um, but it's this it's this kind of a narrow wooden shanty looking kind of thing, right? And inside this thing, sometimes they're sitting, sometimes they're hanging, whatever, um, is an actual human skeleton, I almost said live, right? It's an actual uh, human skeleton, right? The bones and everything, right? And so he was explaining that this little thing, right? He didn't have a skeleton to drag along with him, but he had this little thing, right? That he could hang off. And um, the, the skeleton tells a story, both in the temple and the one hanging off his walking staff, right? And the, the, the story is, as you are now, so I once was. And, and, and as I am now, so you shall be very soon. Right? It's a very humbling lesson, right? Um, and, you know, on one hand, the warrior kind of accepts that, right? Uh, accepts death. That doesn't mean we want it. That just means that we accept it, right? And every time we step up to protect ourselves, protect somebody else, right? We, we risk that, that thing, right? And, um, but... On the other side, right, um, we shouldn't be doing dumb shit that speeds up the process. Okay. Um, and so, again, another reason to rein in uh, ego, right? But, again, I, I forgot that the last time because the, the uh, last episode's focus was on these, these kick-in-the-ass, ball-busting kind of uh, sayings and, and lessons that I got from, uh, you know, different teachers, right, uh, from Atsumi Sensei, from Shoshi Malmstro, these different uh, folks that were a constant reminder, right, that if you screw this up, there are no do-overs, right? So uh, and I just, I, like I said, I was pounding. I wasn't physically pounding my brain, but I was, I kept locking up because it was, it was right there, right? And, and I had thought about it. That was going to be the crux of the whole lesson and duh, right? Um, but that is the reality, right? It's the, it's the, it's the realization that I had uh, when I was working as a police officer, right? And again, it didn't matter if I rolled up on a, on a traffic accident that involved at least one fatality, uh, it was homicide, suicide, whatever. 
um, before I got a chance to get into somebody's wallet or purse, pull out that ID, you know, be impressed by all that they used to be a few minutes ago, right? Before I got that, before I had name, before I had anything, they all look the same. Some a little more gruesome than others, but they all look the same. So be careful how much uh, how much you inflate yourself and present yourself because one day you look the same. Okay. Anyway, all right. So uh, what's today? Oh, today I was gonna uh, talk about uh, things from the perspective of my grandfather. Right? I've got this. Well, he he passed away a couple of years ago. One of the biggest influences in my life. Right? Much more than. Uh, my own parents. Um, and I, that's for another story and episode 69, origin story, all that kind of stuff, right? But um, my grandfather, my grandmother, um, he was Jewish. She was Protestant until just before her death when she converted. Uh, they were living in a, in a uh, Jewish uh, nursing home. But uh, where everybody would tend to focus on, you know, Jews always being money hungry and money centric and all that kind of stuff. And yes, he was in business. Uh, he ran a flower shop uh, and greenhouses and all that. And, uh, he was responsible for, in large part, in, for, for teaching me uh, my work ethic, right? And the reality that you don't have to like it, it has to get done. Okay. And the, the degree to which you do it will be in direct correlation to the return you get on that time, effort, energy, investment, whatever, right? But anyway, um, so it wasn't about money. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about, um, not to my recollection, it wasn't about money. It was about committing to what you say you're going to do, right? Committing to goals, right? Um, not procrastinating, right? Um, and not having idle speech. And I don't mean idle like you're not talking. I mean just throwing out a bunch of shit, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I, whatever, right? Um, because he would hold me accountable to anything I said. I remember when I was, I don't know, 9, 10 years old. It's the first time I can remember saying, Grandpa, I'm going to write a book when I get older. I'm going to write a book when I grow up. And he goes, oh, yeah? Hmm. You going to be famous? Well, I don't know about that, but, you know, I, I used to read tons and tons and tons, of, you know, books and, and all that. And I just, I, I there was some, there was a lore about these people that could tell a story, right? Regardless of whether it was fiction or it was nonfiction, something I was trying to learn, right? These, these people were, like, spilling all this stuff out and, and you know, People looked up to them and all that. So maybe it was a little bit about that because um, I always did believe that um, I was destined for, if not great, some pretty cool things, right? Having a cool life and all that. Um, the trick was surviving adulthood so I could move out of that violent environment that I was in. Um, and and <laughs> that turned out to be the, the easier part of it because the damage that was done psychologically and emotionally and all that to my psyche about, you know, being stupid and you're never going to amount to anything, all that kind of crap that was pounded onto me by this person who, you know, came down to it, had a sixth grade fucking education and 
didn't have a whole lot. So we went around the world demeaning and putting everybody else down. Um, how I wish he lived in ancient India under the rule of the Emperor Ashoka, right? Because that dude didn't mess around, right? If you if, if that's how you needed to elevate yourself, by putting other people down, um, he believed that you were already below them. And uh, since they had a heavy karmic belief, right? Rebirth and all that, right? Um, you were just executed, right? And that was actually a law and punishment. Right. If you did this um, punishment, yeah, there was no slap on the wrist. There was no warning. We'll just kill you. You get a cosmic do over and you can try again. Right. Uh, anyway. So um, but my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, you know, they, they were the big influences about um, not just you can be and do anything that you set your mind to, but also. You can do those things if you're willing to work for them. Right? They were not big proponents about standing around, uh, hinting or expecting others to do it for you. Right. So when I told him I was going to write that book, right, little did I know that for the rest of my life, until <laughs> my first book was written and published, every time I visited, this old man would look at me and go, is your book finished yet? What are you waiting for? And then that morphed into, is your book finished yet? Here's the Jewish part. Will it be done before I'm dead? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah. Um, but it was the hard work part, right? It was the doing what needs to be done not pissing and moaning and complaining and, and making excuses and uh, what the hell does that have to do with self-defense and martial arts and ninja training? Everything. Okay. Um, the one common element, and there might be other ones, but the one that really stands out to me that is a common thread between Takamatsu and Hatsumi Sensei, right? and their training career and many of my teachers right um maybe not so much the japanese ones because they all started as like teenagers uh training and they were from the noda area right but um the the western teachers right hayes malmstrom hoban uh I guess Western, not so Western or whatever, uh, Kasem Zaguri and uh, just, you know, a, a bunch of folks that, that you know, I, I needed to train with, right? Um, and me and many of my peers, right? Um, and again, here's where I'm going to sound like an old guy, right? Here's where I'm going to sound like my grandfather, right? Back in the day, right? We didn't have this. We, we, we couldn't just like, surf around YouTube and waste our time or educate ourselves, uh, entertain ourselves or whatever with fucking cat videos or uh, just jumping from one video to the next, to the next, to the next. And, you know, um, <laughs> I, I remember um, I had this one video out and I, I haven't looked at things in a while for comments and all that, but um, uh, one of the, yeah, there's something you have to know about me, right? Um, I set things up so that students that won't do well in 
a solid educational environment, right? And won't do what needs to be done. They want quick things. They want easy. They want, I mean, we're all looking for easy, but right. I mean, they want, they want, you know what they want, right? Some of you want the same thing, but um, I set things up so that it's easy for them to disqualify themselves. Saves me the trouble, right? But anyway, uh, I remember putting out this this uh, series. Uh, I don't know if it was on the Keanu Bow or if it was on stretching or, or whatever, right? But it's, it's on YouTube. And number one, right, in the very first video, right, I set things up with the reason why, right? Problems, uh, issues, things that you need to be aware of and all that as kind of a setup into the technique. If somebody doesn't want to get past the lesson, all they want to see is moves. All they want to see is the entertainment part so they can just click off and go to the next one when that one is over. Just freaking click away. Okay? Save me the trouble. I'm, and I'm not, anyway, so, but anyway, right, this guy posts this little comment, right, which just made me laugh, right? Oh, my God. He talked for like 12 or 15 minutes before he actually showed something. I'm, in, I'm impressed that in spite of himself, he stayed long enough to watch the actual physical technique. There's no pissed and moaned about it, but anyway, right? So th this is about this is about doing what's important, doing what's necessary. Okay, but the point was, you know, here's that old guy again, right? We didn't have this, right? I mean, <laughs> some of you guys have no freaking idea, right? A lot of us actually like got books or magazines that had like these snapshots of technique, right? And we'd have to like lay it down and prop it open, right? And not only go picture by picture to try to figure out the technique, but we also had to try to figure out all the shit that was going on between one image and another. And be smart enough to know that some editor somewhere turned a freaking picture around the other way. Right? Or put them out of order. Or came to find out, find out later. Then every once in a while, one of our uh, ninjutsu teachers that we like to look up to and bow down to and think that they're perfect and all that will just screw with us and purposely have things put out of order because they want to know if you're thinking, right? Or you just want shit handed to you, right? So, but here's this common thread. It's not even just the working stuff, right? It's doing the really hard stuff because for every person, that post a comment or sends me a flaming email or whatever that, you know, or the guy from Portland, Oregon, right? <laughs> ask if I could just fly out there on my own dime, right? <laughs> and train him in his apartment, right? Ah, screw my family, screw away, you know, all this stuff that I've got going on around here. Just can you come out here? And, oh, and by the way, can you do it for like, or close to that? that that'd be cool, right? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> but anyway, right, the really hard stuff, right? But for every one of them that complains about, you know, me talking too long or they just want to get to the moves or just tell me where to put my freaking foot or whatever, right? Um, or what comes up with, you know, the, the, the really damaging and hurtful comments like, dude, you're fat. Dude, you're an asshole. Okay. The last two months, I've lost 20 pounds, which is proof positive that I can lose weight. You'll still probably be an asshole. 
anyway, all right, I'll get off that little thing. But anyway, um, so for every one of them, right, I and everybody else has worked the same process. You know, for everyone that says, oh, my God, if, he, if we have to do that technique one more time or if he says that little lesson, well, well, I wouldn't keep fucking repeating myself if people actually took it to heart and practiced it, right? Just like my teachers probably felt the same way about me, right? If I just if it did take me five years to go, oh, shit, he's been saying that the whole time. Anyway, for everyone that, oh, my God, if he, right, I want to say, oh, my God. If this person just would just stop making fucking excuses about why they can't train and why they can't do this and why they can't do that and all the things that's getting in the way, figure it out. The one common element that runs through all of our stories is no matter what it took to get this training from the people that really knew not the convenient store school down the street because it was easy right not the not not nothing because like you know there's nobody around and i can't and i can't and i really can't afford four letter word right stop using them right i'd rather you say fuck than can't right how about that anyway right so um the, the common thread, right? Think about it, right? Takamatsu sensei, right? During a time when um, there weren't any, like, well, there were airplanes, but just it didn't work out that well so easily, right? Um, did the same thing that Kukai and Saicho and a bunch of these priests that had to go from Japan to China, right? Um, went by boat, right? Months on rough seas and like at least in Saicho and Kukai's time, most of these freaking things, or at least half of them, sank, right? It was just the fact that they got there and got back, that's a freaking miracle, right? But went to China, right, to test out this stuff, right, to learn more, right, because he had learned a lot from his three primary teachers in Japan, right? His grandfather, his uncle, and uh, Mizuru-sensei, uh, which is where I think he got Taki Yoshiru, uh, maybe Shinnet Fudo. Either way, right? But um, went there to test it out. And there was some other stuff in his history that he did as well. But anyway, right? Went and, and did that, right? Was it easy? No. Did he know the language? No. <laughs> right? We call this a mushashugyo, right? A warrior quest, right? Um, sensei, right? Everybody knows that he trained with Takamatsu, but how far away from Takamatsu's house did Hatsumi Sensei live? Remember, no bullet trains, no express trains, right? Close up the shop, his, his chiropractic, physical therapy, doctor, office, whatever, right? Hop on a train on a Friday night. It was going to take eight to ten hours, right? Slept on the train. A day or a weekend of training, right? Putting up and being beaten and bruised and all that kind of stuff, right? To hop on a train Sunday evening, sleep on the train all the way back to get off the train, get himself cleaned up a little bit to open up his doctor's office and start business almost every weekend for years, right? Not cheap. 
okay? In time, effort, or money, okay? Uh, Stephen Hayes, right? Had a very successful Taekwondo school, closed it up, moved out to Japan, knowing <laughs> basically what can't what amounted to jack shit about the way the culture works, right? And made certain assumptions about, you know, it's going to be the same, right? I got a security deposit, I got my first month's rent, and blah, 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 and I, you know, money to last me for, you know, whatever, for eating and all that. And within three months, he was flat ass broke, okay? Because he didn't understand how that stuff worked, right? And stayed and worked it out and figured it out. And, well, there's that, right? Um, the rest of us, right? I mean, traveling, right? When I started in this art, right, I was in the army, stationed in what was then West Germany, right? Uh, for those of you old enough to remember when there was a wall dividing it, right? And um, so I didn't just have a family that I had to arrange time from and a regular job, right? Um, leave time and all that kind of stuff, right? But I had, you know, PFC and a spec four. Uh, and at one, I mean, I finally made it to like E5, which is a sergeant. Um, but the pay is not great, right? And I've got a family that I've got to feed and take care of. And let's just say that I had an ex-wife that spent money like it was like water leaking out of a bucket, right? Um, and so that meant that I would take out short-term loans to fly back to the States or go to England or whatever for these seminars, right? And then pay it off over time. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you how I did this. Okay. And I have other friends that have done the same thing. Okay. Because it was more important to do it than the hardship we were going to have to go through. Because what's the what's the upside of doing it? The upside of doing it is having these freaking skills and these abilities and this knowledge that we knew that if we ever if, if it ever came to it, right? Would keep us in the world as one of my teachers like uh, like to have uh, reminded us on a regular basis right this is kind of opposite the if you don't do it right right you'll die kind of thing um it was you can't do good in the world if you're not in the world right but either way there was this drive there was this motivation that right and i'm sure there was a whole lot of programming from from my grandfather and grandmother behind it um and who knows how much of it was actually you know, like my wiring right coming into the world and it really doesn't matter right what mattered was there was no or there were no uh there were books and there were magazines um the first videos on, on the institute didn't even come out until the mid 80s right and a lot of the stuff that, that came out same as today right just shit, right um didn't match my experience of the violence that i had experienced in the world um either growing up Right. Uh, or when you know, I became a police officer and got a chance to just see how wonderful human beings can be to each other. Right. Um, but there, there weren't those things. Right. Uh, at least until like the mid 80s. I think they came out in like 86. Right. Um, but. If we wanted it. Right. We were going to have to travel. Right. Or uh, the other option, which was not an option, was to sit around and piss and moan because we didn't have like a ninja through teacher in our in our uh, town, or we didn't have an authentic school in our town, or what else? Uh, even if it wasn't needed to, because a lot of us knew what we were looking for, and knew that there were tons of gaps and all this other stuff that we had had studied along the way. We didn't know what it was called, but we'd certainly freaking recognize it when we saw it, and we did. Right. Um, and it 
didn't look like it looks today. Sorry, folks. Right. Um, but we, a lot of us had, had enough of settling for crap or okay or good enough for now or, okay, I did this, but there's a butt ton of freaking gaps, right, that this system doesn't cover. So now I'm going to go over and train in this one, right, okay, a um, little bit of conflict between the way that one works and the way this one works, but I'll work it out, but there's still some freaking gaps, so let me go over here and see if that's going to fill in the gaps, and right, and then, you know, just, just stuff, right? So we really had three choices, right? Um, well, most of us, <laughs> to most of us, we had two choices, right? The third choice is to piss and moan and complain that we can't, we can't, there isn't. Uh, well, can you come and you know, set up a school in my town and that, that way I've got a place to train? Yeah, but if you find it, you know, another 150 to 100 friends who can commit to training for a year or five, right? Because um, what guarantee do I have that if I come to your town and set up a dojo, that you're still going to be training 100 days from the day you started, right? Because it's been my experience that the first turnaround point for most people after they get through that, what I call martial arts seizure, right, is about 100 days. Okay, um, the confidence starts to build and all that. And I've, I've actually had people utter these words, right? They're, they're barely into the second rank level. They're certainly nowhere close to Nidon, which is second Don, which is what I look for. That's what I, that's the, the, the benchmark that I consider to be the point where somebody should be able to use this on the street against somebody throwing whatever they want and this alone to protect themselves. Okay, without falling back on high school scrapping or you know, tic-tac-toe or whatever, right? Um, nowhere near that, right? But they want to look at me and go, hey, I think I'm done. Um, I, I'm confident that I can handle myself now. I, I think I've learned what I needed to know. Shit, dude, you've learned at best how to evade half-assed punches, grabs, and kicks coming at you from somebody who's probably pissed off but is not a really good fighter. Right. So great. Maybe. Right. As far as unleashing some ass whooping on them. You no. Know, okay. You, you are okay at step by step moves in the dojo. No. <laughs> anyway. Right. So, but it, let's get back to this thing. Right. It's this, this commitment to do what is necessary to get what is needed or at least walk the talk and do the things necessary to get, do, and become what you say is important to you. And I get it. It's not easy, right? It's not easy if we only look at the money that's in the bank account and we don't look at what are the things we could do to make up for the difference between what we need and what we have? Or what other options are to be in the world, right? Now, if I believe that this is all I got, these are the only options I have or whatever, then I have no business walking around talking like I'm king shit because if I don't think that 
you know, whatever job I have, as much as I hate it, this and other jobs like it is the best that I can do. That's called cognitive dissonance, right? There's a disconnect between what we think and say on one side and how we speak and act in, actually in the world. Right. There's this there's this freaking disconnect. Right. That's called that's called a lack of integrity. That's called disingenuous. That's called not being authentic. Right. At least speak to the level where you think you are. Right. But if you really want to be here. I can promise you it's going to take more time, effort, resources, money, commitment respect, discipline, and all that than you currently think you have, want, or need. Okay? Everybody wants to slam the 1% in whatever realm, right? In whatever realm, right? And that, that comes from jealousy and envy, right? Not because there's some kind of unfairness going on in the world. Are some of those people jack wagons? Yeah, but you know what? There's a butt ton of people in the 99% that are jack wagons too, right? So, right, but the 1%, right? And did you know that that's actually related to game theory, okay? For those of you like doing the whole gaming thing, right? Um, there's this thing, right? Um, there's this whole principle within game theory that says out of an entire group, okay? And game theory can be applied to anything. So pick an occupation, right? doctor, consultant, lawyer, forklift driver, farmer, it doesn't matter, right? Pick any activity or endeavor, right? Playing tennis, fishing, hunting, dancing, whatever, right? Um, engaging with, uh, you know, a significant other or a partner or whatever in business, friendship, relationship, uh, intimate relationship, whatever, right? All of these things, okay? Take a, take a group, okay, let's say 100 people, right, okay, take, 100, take, take this group, okay, out of those 100 people, right, 20% or 20 of them will use critical thinking skills to try to figure out how to leverage principles and concepts that are already happening, right, to improve their results, 20%, okay? And they're going to do exponentially better than the other 80%. As a matter of fact, when I say exponentially better, I mean they will do, that 20% will do the same or better than what the 80% collectively are producing. Okay? These are not my theories, right? This is, this is backed up by studies and all that, right? So 20 of these people will already do way better. Well, what do you think the 80% are thinking about those 20? Well, they must be lying, cheating, stealing, whatever. There can't be anything behind it other than they're a bunch of charlatans and they're stealing from everybody to get what they have. Not that they study more, they understand more, they apply their principles, they test, those kind of things to make sure that what they're doing is working and they're not just throwing a bunch of stuff around. The 80% is actually more likely to find cheat codes, if we're talking about games, right, to, to skip by things than to improve their skill set, okay, because they want 
quick, easy results. Right? And therein lies one of the problems. But there's more. Okay? Within that 20%, okay? Then at 20%, 1 to 2% of that group. So now that's way less than 1% of that whole 100, right? One-tenth of 1% maybe, okay? Two-tenths of 1%. We'll study so much and figure out how to leverage things to an even, even greater extent than that 20% and do exponentially better than them so that what they're producing is actually the same or more than the other 99%. But guess what? At least that 80% is thinking about that 1%. Bastards must be lying, cheating, stealing, or whatever to try to, to, to get there, right? It's beyond them to actually consider that maybe they're doing things, honest, ethical things, right, that has to do with science and leverage and proven principles and concepts that are actually allowing them to produce the results they're producing, that I'm just not doing. And instead of asking, shit, what are you doing? How are you making that happen, right? It's just easier to blame them because now there's the haves and the haves nots. Well, but especially the 21st century, most of the millionaires that exist today did not exist 20 to 50 years ago. And I don't mean that they were they were born or what I mean these people rose out of the 80 to 100 percent, right? Figured things out. And learned about things like leverage, right? If I invest this much money at Upstart Company that is moving into a realm that has to do with things that technologically, right, people are leaning toward, right? It's not the guy who, uh, the guy who invented Netflix, or came up with the idea for Netflix. Sorry, but it's not his fault that he put video rental places out of business. It's our fault. Because we won't have to get off our asses and go down to the video rental place if we could just sign on to an app, click a button, pay a couple of bucks, and watch the movie. No different than YouTube. Now YouTube has a paid model, right? So nobody's bending anybody's arms to buy these products or whatever. What nobody wants to think about or understand or even consider is all the people that came up with ideas that could have been really, really good ideas. But those of us who were going to be using that thought, maybe, man, I'll try it. Or, well, stupid. I'm not going to do that. And they went out of business. We're the deciders, the people that, that buy into the services, right? So you got rich by, by manipulating people. You mean by giving you shit you already wanted or didn't know you wanted, but because we're lazy? Oh, holy shit, that was awesome. Okay? So, but it's the hard work, right? It's the, the, the willingness, right? I could say that a lot of us didn't have any choice, right? We had to get off our ass get in a car, train, bus, plane, whatever, to go where the teacher was. Or I and some of my peers did this. Uh, 
some of you uh, remember me chatting with one of my friends, Will, uh, on here. And Will, I apologize. My life is just all over the place. I will call you. I promise. Um, but we brought the teacher to us. We pay, paid a butt ton of money, right? Opened it up to people, right? Figured out what we needed to charge per head, right? To bring people in, right? So we could pay for the instructor's uh, teaching fee, airfare, hotel, food for the while they were there, other ancillary transportation between the dojo and their hotel and all that kind of stuff and work out all those details, right? So that everybody would just have a convenient place that they could just show up and, and go to the seminar. Okay. So there were times when I couldn't, right? So again, I'm, you know, I'm in the military, I'm stationed in West Germany, right? My teacher's dojo was in Germantown, Ohio, which is near Dayton, for anybody that knows where that is. Um, uh, so I don't know that I ever brought Hayes over, did I? No, sorry. Uh, I was with Shoshi Mulch for that time, and he was in Atlanta, Georgia. Either way, right? Whole freaking ocean away, right? So I can only arrange for 30 days leave once a year, right? A butt ton of that had to be used for family. So I'm barely eking out a week, right? Or trying to manipulate things where I can stack uh, like a, a four-day pass with a given weekend that I know that I would be off and not have um, uh, law enforcement duty or whatever, right? Oh, okay. So there's an extra little week I could finagle in there and all that, right? Uh, but I can only do so much of that, right? I mean, I was low, one of the low men on the totem pole kind of thing, right? So, um, what I came up with, right? Because I had to figure out how am I going to get with a teacher more, right? Because we didn't have this, right? I had to get with a teacher more. So, one, to, one day I just called up a teacher, right, and said, What would it take to bring you here? And he told me, Okay. Great, because he had done it before, he helped me work it out, okay? If we charge this much and da-da-da-da-da, right, okay? Um, we got to cover this, 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 and this, right? Um, if you charge this much, you need this many people. If you charge this much, you need this many people. If you charge this much, you need this many, right? That kind of thing, right? Um, and then, you know, I've got a list. I'll, I'll send things out to people and let them know that you're going to be doing something, uh, you know, whatever, right? And so it became a, a matter of either Muhammad went to the mountain or Muhammad brought the mountain to Muhammad, right? Because um, there's lots of benefits to that as well, right? And that just became, you know, an extra tool, right? So, but it's, is it easy? No, it's not easy, right? Is there risk to it? Yeah, there were a couple of times that I ate my own shorts. Not literally, but you get the idea, right? Um wife wasn't too happy about those <laughs> but it that helped me get better at at setting things up and, and knowing when to cut my losses and uh, other things that i needed to do like network and get myself known and, and so people would know about these things and not half-ass uh the uh the uh uh promotion to let people know about the, the event going on and, and those kind of things right um so but but no i mean but people have the same People have the same issues now, but what, what I'm running into now is people throwing out things like, uh, you know, that, that out of one side of their mouth, right? We don't have a, uh, a 
a real dojo here and or anybody that's any good at this stuff and i got the same you know options that everybody else has but i've checked them out and you know it's just that's not what i want and you know okay but if you're not going to do what you need to do to get what you want uh you're gonna have to accept the other options you've created for yourself because that's you did it right if you eliminate certain options then what you have left is what you have to pick from you did it that's that's what you set up right you can blame other people for not uh, no teacher came to my town and said well then do what we did travel the thousands of miles or hundreds of miles and get the training and then come back and you be the teacher that sets up a damn dojo in your local area now you won't have to complain about it right I didn't wait for a teacher to show up in my town. I became the teacher that set up in my town. Okay. So it's not rocket science. It is thinking outside your comfort zone and doing what needs to be done. Okay. Cause I promise you, somebody comes at you to try to beat, break or kill you. Right. I don't mean like the fun training you do in the dojo and that kind of stuff. I mean, somebody that is trying to remove you from the world or at the very best, beat or cripple you, and I don't give a shit one iota about you, okay? Um, it's not going to be comfortable. I remember one time I was talking to my my uncle. I, I had already, uh, so I was, uh, I think I was home on leave. I was a military policeman, and I was a trained traffic accident investigator, and I had seen more than I ever wanted or ever want to again. Saw my, my unfair share of wrecks where people just had a freaking searing column embedded in their chest or they went up and over it and went through a windshield uh, part way. Did you know that windshields, uh, to make them anti-shatter or to make them shatterproof or whatever, there's actually a layer of plastic that runs between two sheets of glass, right? So what ends up happening is when somebody goes through, if there's not enough force to throw them all the way through it, what ends up happening is the glass eventually will break, right? A hole breaks in it as it bows out. And then as the force diminishes, it collapses back in on whatever's still stuck in there. Cool shit, huh? Okay. Or how about the engine compartment and the freaking firewall being driven back into somebody's legs and waist. And the only thing keeping them alive is just crushed and shattered everything, right? Split the femoral arteries and all that. But the only thing that's keeping them alive is all that pressure that's right there, right? And the EMS team knows as soon as we move that, their blood pressure is going to drop and it, it, it's going to be all over. So you need to make a phone call to get the husband there so that they can say their goodbyes, knowing that as soon as we make this move and the pressure releases, they're going to code and be done. Okay. So seeing my fair share of this stuff, right? Um, anyway. So if this is really what we're trying to avoid, right? And I get having fun in the dojo. I get it, right? We have fun in the dojo to counterbalance the reality that we're preparing for. But if all we're doing is having fun or only practicing the stuff that I like, I don't like that stuff. I don't like to roll. I don't like to leap. That's not comfortable. 
like, like my faces. <laughs> I'm trying to imitate the same freaking faces that I see from people. Okay. Do I have to? No. You don't have to breathe either, but I highly recommend it. Right? Um, if, if that's all we do, and, you know, we know that we want to be prepared for bad shit. But we don't want to do the type of training is, that's going to be necessary to survive bad shit. Right. Or we could be the other guy, right, on the other side, right, where uh, it's the tough guy syndrome, right? Would you beat the crap out of anybody, hit me, right? be that kind of person, right? Um, then our personality gets warped in the other direction, right? Because there, there is no thoughts of use of force or liability or consequences or how the hell do I protect my family that I say that I'm learning this stuff for, right, uh, from – a jail cell or from the morgue. How do, how do I do that? Right. So it's just, right. But, but for, for the biggest group that I'm talking about now, right. There's all these freaking excuses. Right. And then on top of that, we add in, uh, online training doesn't work. Right. Digital training doesn't work. Long distance stuff. That doesn't work. Gotta be in the dojo. Gotta be with a teacher. Okay. That's the best. Okay, Bartholomew, but you don't have a school in your town. You told me you don't have an authentic teacher. You don't have one of these guys that's good enough. So that means you need to travel. You need to go to seminars or you need to uproot yourself, on a, as we used to say in the Army, unass yourself and move to them, right, so that you can train. Lots of my friends did that. had a friend who was a doctor, anesthesiologist in – Yakima, Washington, who moved to Dayton, Ohio, closed up his shop, moved to Dayton, Ohio, so he could be there with a the teacher, um, trained for a year, and then went back and resumed his practice. Okay. So there is what there is, right? There's people that moved to Japan. There's you know, whatever, right? Anyway, right? So you don't, but you don't have those. Okay. So you don't have these things in your town. So you're going to have to travel. And then that comes down to what they say is they can't. I can't. I can't. You don't understand. I can't. And that runs the gamut of everything from, from I don't make enough money, I don't have enough time, or my wife won't let me. <laughs> Does your wife want you to be able to save her ass if somebody breaks into the house? Okay. And besides that, my wife won't let me. My wife and I discuss a lot of things, right? But allowing the other one to do or not do something presupposes parenthood, not partnership. So there's problems way beyond my wife won't let me go to training. I'll leave that where it is. So, um, but here's this thing, right? So people have an option, right? They've, they've systematically eliminated options, right? So I want the training. I want to train with that person, right? Because that, mm, right? Okay. It's like I've got students in Perth, Australia, Michigan, all, all over the place, right? I'm in Pennsylvania, 
right? They travel for training, right? Niagara Falls, New York, all, all over the place, right? I have students come in from California and uh, whatever, right? So Canada, yeah, Toronto, Mississauga, anyway. So um, they, they keep systematically reducing the choices till they're left with the final two. The final two are, okay, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I can't travel. I don't have enough money to do that. For whatever reason, I can't do those things. And I don't have anybody local that I can train with. So here we are in the 21st century, and students now have something that me and my peers never had. Ta-da! Right? The ability to get with a teacher long distance. A teacher can still make corrections if you're doing things and they're watching. And what they can't do is put their hands on you and physically reposition you. But you could record video and they could uh, review it and give you feedback. Or uh, there's, you know, online cyber classes and stuff now and, and whatnot. Right? I mean, here's what I'm getting to. Right? In lieu of doing what I can do until I can do what I need to or really want to, like those of us who open the freaking magazine spreads or the books and did the stuff to the best of our ability until we could get to a seminar, do the stuff we were practicing, and then the teacher go, okay, that's good. Mm, sort of, okay. Huh? That, eh, no, 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 we need to fix that, Okay notes, go back, practice, whatever, right? Same process, right? Instead of doing that, instead of doing the next best thing to fulfill on the desire or the promise or whatever it is that we say we have, we take the chumps option, which is the piss, moan, and whine that I can't. I can't. No teachers are set up here. There's no school. These other schools suck. Whatever. Right? The one common thread, the one common element that I have found, quite by accident, doing Takamasa Sensei, Hatsumi Sensei, several of my Western teachers, me, and many of my peers, is we all did what was necessary to get the training we wanted. Anyway, um, I thought I had the chat turned on. I do. Right? People on, people have been coming and going through this thing, so I must bore people easily, and that's okay. Um, again, it's all part of the disqualification process, right? And I get life, you know, people have their lives and all that. Anyway, uh, I don't see any questions or comments. So uh, actually what I do want to let everybody know about this time, I've been talking about this thing for episodes, right? And working on a re-release of actually what's module one in our uh, full white belt to black belt uh, Nippo Taijutsu Nijutsu training program, right? Um, I have things broken down by modules because each one allows me to help students focus on given attacker types and uh, emotional, strategic, tactical responses, those kind of things, right? Rather than just like throwing up on them and let them sort it out for themselves and then go, oh, yeah, you can be that rank, right? Like there's some kind of objective 
uh, criteria going on or something like that, right? But anyway, um, so module one, for those of you who um, who have been training with me or, or know how my system works, module one is both a sampling of things to come. Everybody likes to call it basics, right? But module one is actually designed to be an introduction to the self-defense issue for new students, right? So everything that we give them, technique, skills, and all that, are designed to allow them to handle the 95 to 98% of uh, assaults that happen every day, right? The, the stats here for the U.S. is there's an assault that happens once every 17 seconds, okay? And based on some of my other research into other countries and all that, right, um, they're not too far off either, okay? Now, this also accounts for verbal uh, assault and, and the whole gamut of things, right? But once every 17 seconds, okay, um, that's, that's a butt ton, right? But what I've found, again, through my research, right, is that 95 to 98% of these assaults are easily handled by what we call basics, okay? So mod one, remember a couple of episodes back, if, if you've been following along, right, um, one of the things I talked about was um, the fact that uh, most adult students quit martial arts and self-defense training, specifically martial arts, within the first 100 days. And the reason they do that is because there isn't any real world self-defense training that matches their perceptions about what should be happening, right, based on what they've seen, news, witnessed, all that kind of stuff, right? The stuff that drove them to get training, right? So they go into a, into a class, and next thing you know, they're learning to be Hong Kong Vui, or they're learning to be the Karate Kid, or whatever, uh, sport martial arts, you know, whatever, right? And it's not matching the shit that scares the hell out of them that they want to get a handle on, right? So what most of these schools did was went out and grabbed, right, a plug-in self-defense program, right? That students, well, you can come to that too, right? And that was supposed to be a retention thing. Sorry, I'm throwing the other side of my water heater here. Anyway, so um, uh, what, what I did was I made sure that we got that stuff taken care of, right? So uh, Module 1 is also known as Foundations of Ninja Self-Defense Mastery. Okay? I know it's a long term. You can call it Foundations of Self-Defense Mastery. You can call it Foundations of Ninja Self-Defense. I don't care, right? But it's this this it can it can be a standalone program and so uh, i've been working on kind of a 2.0 release on this thing and the 2.0 i mean we already had a, like i said a butt ton of stuff just packed into this into this module to give to, so if somebody didn't stick it out for longer than four to six months in in our program right i would be okay knowing that i gave them the necessary tools to be hit to be able to handle the most likely things that they're going to encounter right well if, if that's all that's necessary then what the hell are the rest of us doing well we're training to handle the two to five percent that aren't easily handled by basics they're not going back to jail and they don't just want to beat you up okay because the belief on that side is if i can handle them everybody else is a cakewalk but you got to start somewhere, right? Even those of us that are moving in this direction, right? And want this, well, okay. Meanwhile, you're pra practicing for perfection and you're not getting the tools you need to handle the jack wagon who's drunk on a Saturday night, stumbles out of a bar and wants to clock you and you have to hope that he doesn't hit you in a way that, or 
he hits you and you weren't able to avoid and you go down and hit your head off a freaking curb or a metal post or whatever and you fucking die of a brain hemorrhage right so you know in, a, in our attempt to get perfection we skip right over practical right so anyway um so uh the 2.0 release right i, I explained this um, a little while ago turn my volume back down again right um so uh what i wanted to make sure was that i was covering other things that people were going to have to have to be successful right outside of just teaching you moves right any moron can teach you moves right and i'm not knocking other instructors or whatever right but how many freaking people have training programs where they're teaching you the same or like techniques right that you can get from anybody else right so what it really comes down to is well i like him so or he explains it okay right so all right great okay but what about the gaps okay remember there's three attackers in every self-defense situation and i don't mean three physical people jumping you i mean there's three potential attackers that you're going to have to be able to to neutralize and 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 deal with to make sure that you're okay before during and after the situation people forget about the after right they disconnect as soon as the guys drop just like in the dojo right we do a throw or we do a you know a technique right we drop the person or whatnot right and then we like oh, oh was okay that worked right and we extend a hand and help them back up really you would do that shit to somebody on the street you knock them down, so you're gonna do, 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 right, and then you're gonna help them back up. No, right, right. I don't know if it's the first time you're hearing this, right? But my teacher, <laughs> one of my teachers was like, uh, "If you do that shit, I will slap you myself." Okay, I know that's a tentative. Anyway, <laughs> but it gets the point across. So uh, instead of doing that dumb shit, right, what, what would you do on the street? Right. Well, we drop them, throw them, whatever. And if we can't move right in for a restraint or or something like that, right, or some kind of finishing move, we're going to back off and watch from a distance. So we can't just roll over and grab our freaking legs, drag us to the ground and then start everything all over again. Or we've done this and we're paying attention. Right. We're locking on and we're holding that attention, that combat attention for another three to five seconds as we back away because we want to make sure he's not reaching into a freaking pocket and pulling out a gun and he's going to pop us with it. So great. Our technique was awesome, but he shoots us in the face and he heals up in a couple of days. And meanwhile, hopefully my family looks good in black. My wife looks hot in black. But anyway, um, I don't need her to be there because I was stupid with my training and didn't take it take certain things into account. Right. What about uh, PTSD afterwards? Right. Right? Never, ever, ever discount the power of mommy or grandma's lessons. One of those is nice people don't hit or hurt other people. Right? We've been listening to that and hearing it since we were little. And I know one part of our brain is like super justifying and I'm going to okay? watch the light of consciousness go out of somebody's eyes. Okay? If you are gleeful after that, if you are completely unfazed and unaffected, one of two things has occurred. Either you've been in combat and you've watched it a lot, or you're a freaking sociopath or a psychopath and you have more 
you need more help in a different direction than I or any other instructor can give you. Okay. Cause it's not the same. Okay. And if that's not enough, what about family that now knows that you did this to this other human being justified or not? And now they don't want anything to do with you. Okay. So there's this trauma and all that, that, I mean, our own wiring can backfire on us just like that. Okay. We have lives. Your family needs you. Your friend, you, you got to get back to the job because you need to make money because your family needs you. That kind of stuff, right? You can't wallow in freaking guilt and shame and, and all this kind of stuff, right? For a long time, right? Okay, a couple hours, a couple of days, right? But you got to get back to, to your life, right? So, but that's attacker number two, right? Regardless of how many was on the number one side, right? Where they're actually, you know, doing their thing, right? Number two could be me backfiring on myself, shutting me down, okay? And the third attacker is the legal system. The thing that's supposed to be there to protect you from animals like this. And now you've got some overzealous DA or the way you're explaining things during uh, interviews on the scene, follow-up in interviews, also known as interrogations, that kind of stuff, right? Or somebody having an agenda, need to make a uh, an example out of you, that kind of thing, right? Um, jury, right? Okay. And the, the bullshit statement of, I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six. Really? Methinks you don't understand how juries are constructed because they are not your peers. Okay. And their personality types and their belief systems and all that, okay are a big part of why certain ones are chosen and why certain ones are not, okay? So, okay, don't do things that will cause you to meet Bubba, okay? So anyway, right, so I put a bunch of these things in, right? A lot of people, they, they train, right? But in their heart of hearts, they have doubts as to whether they, somebody like them, going to be able to do what's necessary, right? So I'm putting together this resource. Not, not All this stuff isn't quite finished. I'm, I'm working on it and packing it in. But there's, I mean, the, the membership area is loaded with most of this stuff. There's one or two things that, that have to be put in here over the next week. But there's one, it's just this report. It's just a bunch of uh, case studies, student stories that actually had to use this stuff. Okay. And it's simply called, if they can do it, so can you. Okay. But it's a confidence booster right it's at least it's designed that way so people can see that they're not they don't need to be comparing themselves with whether they can do it or you know because you know they're not like me or not like Hatsumi Setsei or whatever right these are stories of everyday freaking people teenagers and moms and grandmas and 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 just you know, dads and you know whatever right okay so um uh so that kind of stuff is in there, right? Resource kit. Uh, there's a there's a, a student success maximizer kit that has a butt ton of the freaking uh, cheat sheets and worksheets and all that that I've developed over time to give to students to help make the learning process easier. Uh, there's a student study workbook that contains all the skills and techniques in workbook format, so they can take notes and all that. Uh, for people who actually might want to do uh, ranking and all that, there's uh, some rank outlines in the back for people that will actually want to go that far, uh, which is fine. You know, do it one way or the other. Um, but anyway, so it's everything's falling in place, right? So, th so that's there. And um, uh, I put together this like really cool special offer. So it's like four key, four core pieces uh, to the program, and then I threw like four more like extra friggin' 
bonuses and all that that are programs or class recordings like the stay out of jail if you have to use your techniques and a bunch of other stuff right be the protector uh other other these are these are full courses full lessons that were taught to my inner circle guys that um uh that I pulled out and, and I'm making a part of this program. So uh, the, the resource kit has uh, things like uh, not just cheat sheets and worksheets, but uh, one of the things that's in there is uh, top five ways to find training partners when you don't have any. Okay. Uh, how to set up a training space. Okay. When you don't have any space to train. Okay. All the shit that people have as excuses. Got you handled. Right. Cause I've been there. Right. For people to think I don't understand me and most of my peers, Hatsumi Sensei, right? We were solo training students, long distance training students. We didn't have a dojo in our town. We didn't have a qualified instructor in our town. All the freaking excuses everybody else has. God, if I have to hear it one more time, if I have to hear it one more time, right? We figured it out. And now what I'm doing is helping people that need to figure it out at least have something to keep them training and doing what they need to until they can get to a seminar, until they can get to one of our ninja camps, until they can bring me in for training, until they can become the person who is the instructor in their town or whatever. Right. So anyway, uh, got a couple of uh, uh, website uh we call URLs. That's it, right? Uh, to send you to uh, one of uh, it's kind of like a, a, a string here. You can get one thing. You can get into the program. Or uh, what I've done to kind of lead this off uh, to give people a better idea about how I uh, how I think and process things and all that is uh, one of my books that's currently available on Amazon uh, is called uh, Advanced Self Defense Combat Tactics, and it doesn't have techniques it doesn't have moves it doesn't tell you uh use this fist against those targets anything like that right um it's about tactical application of skills and how to control the chaos and how to make sense out of the chaos uh in a fight it's a framework right it's a five-phase framework for knowing where you are at any given point in a situation so you know exactly what to do in that moment right um to move it along, right? To, to be able to be successful, uh, in that moment. So, um, let me get to the right, hopefully page here. Oh, that just took me to that one. One second. Here I am tap tapping away. That's not what I want. Um, Shit. Uh, one. No. Hold on one second. I'm, I'm going to do something here the long way. Um, to get to the page world, I apologize. Um, I had this stuff up, and then, like I said, I had to reset my, my um, laptop like twice before I was able to get on here. But uh, anyway, so uh, the one I'm going to give you, uh, it's anyway, I have this book on Amazon. I think it's like I don't know, 10 bucks, something like that. Right. But what I decided to do was was kind of just toss it out there uh, so you can grab that for free. Um, and in a minute, I'll give you the, the URL for it. Right. Uh, and I just give full transparency. If you if you take me up on it, if you get it right, um, it'll uh, the system, right? the automated system will send an email with the link. 
uh, to download the, the book for free, right? So instead of paying the 10 bucks or whatever for the Kindle version of this thing, you can just, you know, just, just get, have it on me. Okay. Not have it on me, but you get the idea, right? Uh, and then uh, in, in along this process, right, it'll drop you onto this special offer page, which will kind of outline and explain um, the logic behind it, a little bit more about my backstory and why um, I put the program together the way it is and, and the, the, the logic behind it and uh, who it's for, who it's not for, and really what you're getting, right? Total value of it and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and and uh, uh, the discount, I kind of... Ginormous freaking discount that I threw in here. There is a payment plan if if, if people need that kind of thing. Um, anyway, let me just grab this this first page here um, that has the the free uh, ebook, right? The Advanced Self Defense Combat Tactics. Uh, almost there. <clears throat> and like I said, it'll it'll automatically pass you through that. But I know that some folks uh, that are listening to this and that are in my in my uh, in my sphere in my realm. Right. Uh, they probably already have the book. Uh, so what I'll also do is give you uh, the uh, the direct page right to the foundations of self-defense special offer that uh, that I put together. Uh, bum, 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 bum. So, OK, so uh, you want to go to online ninja academy, right? All one string online ninja academy dot com forward slash self defense combat tactics book right so there's a hyphen in between each word self hyphen defense hyphen combat hyphen tactics hyphen book right so online ninja academy.com forward slash self defense combat tactics book uh it'll drop you on um a page that you can just kind of fill in your thing uh if you if you just fill out the form and go about your business that's fine but if you scroll down just a little bit um there's a little bit more about the the logic behind the book and um i posted a, a bunch of um, uh, testimonials and stuff of people that have gone through it, uh, including uh, somebody that's like an eighth degree black belt in, in this uh, style of Kempo and all that, um, that really lets everybody know that this is, this is one of those frameworks that you can literally drop into any system because it's about making your stuff street ready and not sport ready or recreational martial arts ready or whatever. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, that stuff is there. So if you go to online ninja academy.com forward slash self-defense combat tactics book um, that uh, you can uh, just put in your name and email and get, uh, get the book. But again, full transparency, it'll drop you on this other page, uh, which I'll give uh, everybody now, just because I know some, uh, some folks that I have that have already dropped the, 10 bucks or three bucks if it was on sale or whatever for the event self-defense combat tactics. So they don't need that one. So uh, you could just directly go to again, online ninjaacademy.com forward slash foundations of self-defense special. Again, there's a hyphen or a dash between each word, but foundations of self-defense special. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll post links in the in the uh, things, uh, and also with the, with the link to recordings and stuff that go out, uh, I'll post it on the uh, Kuden podcast uh, page and in that group and, and all that wonderful stuff, right? So I'll make sure that you get them. But anyway, the the, the process, the, the way I kind of have things set up at the moment is it it's it's kind of like it's perfectly suited to somebody who has done nothing self-defense wise, and this is going to be their first program. But 
it really is designed for people like I was and my peers were when we first got involved with Ninjutsu, where we had a butt ton of prior training, self-defense, police tactical training, uh, a butt ton of martial arts and all that kind of stuff, but had all these freaking gaps. And we were tired of jumping around and trying to piece things together, right? So this one's really about, you know, helping somebody to stop chasing after the next cool move or the next tough guy program and to, to help them focus on exactly what you actually need to protect yourself and others when it comes to dealing with that, that base 95 to 98% of the assaults that happen every day um, that are easily handled by, again, what I consider to be or what we consider to be basics, right? And this foundations of self-defense mastery 2.0, right? Um, is designed to handle and to be the basics that handle it. Now, when you see some of these, you're going to go, that's a basic? Yeah, basics to us are things that will show up again and again and again moving forward um, that you'll need to master because everything else that we think of as advanced, right, um, is actually just these things done very, very well, done in different contexts, in different scenarios, um, and being able to strong, be strung together in an unbroken flow without you thinking about it, right? It's kind of like hopping in your car, turning the key and driving and not thinking about how to work the accelerator pedal, how to work the brake pedal, how to steer, how to stay between the lines, how to, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? It's so ingrained that even if something happens and your system gears up, right? Your body automatically does the things that are necessary to do 100 movements in a microsecond, right? Without you having to try to remember how to do them. That's to the extent that the basics need to get in. Okay. So anyway, all right. Um, uh, Anyway, so this has gone on. Well, it went on a, a little over an hour because uh, I got started like 25 minutes late because of the uh, the technical issues I was having. But anyway, um, again, it's great to see everybody again. Uh, hopefully, this was helpful. Uh, you know, if if you're interested in, in the program, take a look at it. Even if you're not, take a look at it. Right, see uh, see what's there. Right, uh, if you're like some of the other instructors out there, uh, I'm sure sure you'll steal an idea or two. They always do. Um, uh, but anyway, so that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up episode uh, 76, and uh, we will see you in the next one, right? That's it. Good night, everybody. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.